the Elevate Yourself podcast is brought to you in partnership with Athletic Brewing. Athletic Brewing is beer that is brewed without compromise. It tastes just like the hard stuff, except you don't get any of the baggage. So no hangover, less calories, less sugar, super yummy, and you can drink it any time of day. Encourage you to check them out at athleticbrewing.com and use code ELEVATE30. That's right, code ELEVATE30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Do it. Hey now, and welcome to the Elevate Yourself podcast. I'm Rob, and I am thrilled to get to be the host of this show. I feel super lucky. I work for this awesome company called Elevation Health. And in each episode of this show, I get to have a conversation with folks from all different walks of life about how they elevate themselves. It's my hope that these conversations will make you think, force you to change your best, and as a result, help you get a little bit closer to becoming the best version of you. Sue, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. So just kind of briefly tell folks a little bit about your your origin story. Where did you start? How do you, did you end up doing what you do today? Um, well, I started in California. Um, I'm originally from Northern California, born and raised in San Jose, which is now known as Silicon Valley. I uh, went to Santa Clara University where I majored in combined sciences. And at that time, um, my goal was to go to physical therapy school. So that was my my major. Um, but you could say I also majored in soccer. <laughs> I played <laughs> soccer at Santa Clara for four years. We were a very successful program. It continues to be a very successful program. Um, I was in the beginnings, kind of the origins of that program. Um, we ended up going to the national semifinals three times in four years. We never Never won it, never made it to the finals, but um, we did make it there three times. So um, I was blessed um, through my growing up to play soccer at a lot at a very high level. I played all over the world. I played with some amazing people. Um, Brandy Chesting was one of my teammates in high school and in college. Um, Julie Fowdy, Mia Hamm, Christine Lilly, Brianna Scurry, uh, played with or against all these people um, in high school and college. So I consider myself very blessed. Um, but this was at a time when, um, women's sports were, were new, you know, you weren't really played, you weren't really paid to be a professional unless you were in something like tennis. Um, I was lucky enough, my, right after I graduated a few months later, be offered, I was actually offered a position on a Japanese team while I was still in school. I had one more, uh, semester left of school and I turned them down because I said, no way. I got to finish my degree. I have a scholarship and finish my degree. I did turn them down. I thought that was my one and only opportunity that I just gave away. Um, but then a couple months after I graduated, another team came and offered me a position and I did take that one. So I was in Japan for about a year um, playing as a professional. And the ladies that had been there one or two years before me actually kind of smoothed the, the pathway because the original ladies that went over there to play in the league um, were actually hired. You're an employee of the company um that the own the team so the original ladies were actually employed as an employee so they would spend time playing soccer but then they also sit uh spend time in the office of whatever business it was some of them had to serve tea um some of them had to be kind of secretaries some of them just kind of shuttled around were kind of showpieces for these companies so the ladies about one or two years ahead of me um kind of said, no, we're not going to do this anymore. So I was able to have ground in my contract to say, no, I'm not doing that. I will come and play soccer and that's all I'm going to do. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting, um, 
progression. So I went over there. I actually played over there at the same time as Brandy Chastain, but on a different team. Um, I did last one year, came back. I was in the national team system at that time as a goalkeeper. Um, but when I came back from Japan, you weren't really paid to be in the national team system. So I kind of came back and said, you know, do I want to live off of somebody and pursue this or do I want to get down to my life? And I was like, I want to go, I think I want to get on with my life. And so I, um, was still planning to go to physical therapy school, got into coaching as a way to, um, do that as a grad assistant, um, and get my physical therapy school covered. And that was the track I was on when my husband and I got recruited to go to university of Texas at Austin. Um, this is the development of title nine. So when Title IX went into place in the early to mid-90s, all these athletic departments were adding women's sports at a rapid rate. Um, and soccer um, and rowing, which is what my husband's sport is, were two of the first targets because they have such loss, large rosters. Um, so Title IX is based on rosters. And so we ended up in Austin, Texas, and we both coached full-time where we were in California. Coaching was a part-time job that didn't really pay, <laughs> uh, but we love to do. So we took the opportunity to move to Texas. Uh, we were in Texas for several years, um, kind of discovered that all the travel and everything else involved with coaching division one, two sports, two different seasons didn't really match up with having a family. Um, so I resigned from, I retired from coaching and went into corporate fitness. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, do I go back to phys physical therapy school at this time? And the answer was kind of like, eh, I kind of want to get on with my life. I don't want to go back to school at this point. So I had a connection from the university of Texas who was in corporate fitness. And I said, you know, I really like that idea of corporate fitness versus commercial fitness. Cause I feel like you're there to help people. That's your primary purpose, not to constantly sell, but you're just there to help people. And that's what I uh, really kind of stuck at me. Um, so anyways, I went into corporate fitness in Austin about a year and a half later, we were located to Baltimore. My husband took a coaching job here and I've been here ever since. So, um, I met, I got connected with now elevation back then it was gosh, mid Atlantic corporate health, I believe. <laughs> yes. Um, they had a contract at Loyola, which is a school that my husband was, um, employed by and a part-time contract there. And I started there, um, started a coverage role. So, um, as well. So I think I did coverage at every center that we had here in the Baltimore area at some point, um, had some adventures along those <laughs> travels, but, um, and then, uh, 2007, um, my youngest at the time started school full time. So I said, I'll go back to school or to work full time. And this is about the time that Bully Rock was announced that it was going to be opening. Um, and I started as assistant director. Um, didn't have my third child, <laughs> kind of surprised, and came back after maternity leave as the director. So I've been here ever since. So I think as far as the evolution of elevation, I've kind of been yeah climbing up the ladder <laughs> for the past 20 years so yes well the, what a story what a story and and you're right and that's that's why i'm so excited to talk to you for lots of reasons but you know today we're talking about the past present and future and kind of what we've learned um about uh corporate fitness and corporate health along the way and you have a very unique insight to it i, I just want to note our, our listeners can't see this but i think they can tell you've been smiling throughout this whole story and i know that that's something that you guides you through everything and it's uh it really is a joy and so uh, i've been smiling as well yeah. um well, I, so I'm, I, so, I'm super proud and i i at the same time i feel 
proud of like my college career, my soccer career, and all the wonderful people I've met along the way. And I can say the same thing here um, at Bully Rock, really. So, and through Elevation as well. Yeah. Pretty great. Um, thinking back about the past, you know, you, you mentioned kind of when you started and then coverage. I mean, during your time, what has changed? What has changed? Oh my gosh. Um, so much. I mean, technology, number one. I remember uh, working at Loyola College and filling out my timesheet and faxing it to the home office. Right. <laughs> I don't think probably some people that are working for the company now might not have ever seen a fax machine. Um, right. So now it's just been a, a you know constant evolution, especially obviously in the last uh, four years as far as technology. Um, and then just the ease of contacting people and staying in touch with people. Um, when I first started in the industry, it was a lot of face-to-face, -face, a lot of personal connection. Um, but I still feel like that's still a huge part of what we do every day. Um, even though we can be connected um, electronically easier than we could back 20 years ago, I still feel like that personal connection is such an important piece of what we do, um, especially in our industry. You're kind of hitting on my, my next question about it. Is, is that something to you that you feel that it has remained the same? Has that been a constant throughout your time? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, you know, Billy Rock started when I took the position here, it started as a 55 and older community. It's evolved from that. It's no longer 55 and older community. Our youngest members are 10 and our oldest are 90. Um, so we have just, you know, ages and ranges all over the place. And, um, I, I think it doesn't, we would say that, okay, the older people want to be connected more one-on-one, -on -one, but I find it with the young ones too, you know, the younger kids that come in and you might show them, Hey, if you do this a little bit different, and then they'll come back for more. Um, like, Hey, like, can you help me with this? You know, so I think that personal connection doesn't really matter of the age. Yeah. We get some older folks that are kind of bored and they want to come in and hang out. But overall, I think making that personal connection just sets up a culture, uh, a positive culture um, across sure. the board. So. Yeah, it's a really great point. I think, too, um, whatever the mode of communication, whether that's online or whatever, you have to be able to connect to the other person, right? Right, um, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, from a leadership lens, I'm curious, um, kind of uh, your take on leadership in terms of what's kind of remained the same and then what has changed. You know, folks talk about the, you know, the culture within a company maybe has changed or people's expectations, kind of what has stayed the same and perhaps what has changed since when you first started? Um, I think even thinking back to my early days of coaching, I, I had a, a head coach that I learned so much from, from at the uh, University of Texas. And I remember one of the first things he ever told me is, if you don't have trust of the team that you're leading, you do not have anything. Um, you have to have, they have to trust you, whether they like what you're doing or not might be a different matter, but they have to trust you that you are taking them in a direction that as a whole, you need to go. And once that trust is lost, it's almost impossible to gain it, get it back. Um, and I've always reflected on that throughout my time as a coach um, in, in sports, but also as a leader um, in business and, you know, even my, my own children, right? Um, if they don't trust, if there's not mutual trust, you're not going to get very far. Um, so I think that is, I, that's always been, always been, and I don't think, I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, that's an interpersonal connection, uh, trust between two people 
or multiple people um, that you're kind of all focused on the same on the same goal. Um, and so even if your people you're leading might not see where you're going at the point, if they trust you, um, that you're going to look out for them or have them in the best interest or the whole, you know, best interest of the whole, then then you'll be able to most part bring them along. Um, teenagers sometimes <laughs> a little bit challenging that way. I find that from my own kids, but also I, you know, I manage a lot of teenagers here at Bully Rock. Um, so it's, you know, I've learned things, definitely learned things from, from the challenges of leading a younger, younger group. So. Yeah. It's the uh, people don't care how much, you know, they just care that you care type of thing. Right. I mean, I, exactly. forget, I botched that, but yeah, it's, that's, yeah. that's the, that's the idea, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, again, it's a personal connection. Like we have, you know, kids will be like, hey, what's going on? You know, one of my lifeguards or, you know, what's going on in school? Or, hey, I saw you guys won that soccer game the other day. And just to have that, oh, wow, she actually pays attention. She, you know, she she cares about me. You know, so it's just little things like that that I think just make a big, um, big impact a lot of times. Okay, so moving on to, to present day, um, any exciting developments or new integrations that are kind of happening right now that you're seeing uh, either with clients or at the center? Uh, <laughs> here, I, you know, I, I think I we're pretty old school. I think we stand by the, um, the connection piece. Like I said, um, I've had comments over the years from many, many people saying, you know, you guys are like a bar where I walk in, everybody knows my name. I feel comfortable. I'm happy to be here feel like I'm part of something, but it's a good thing for me to be here and not, you know, obviously not so much a bar, but, um, and it's, I've just gotten so many comments over the years of that's, that's the culture. So it's the, it's the connection. Um, and then letting them know that we're here for them. Um, then that's what drew, drew me to corporate fitness in the beginning is that we are here for them. Yeah. If you want a personal train, we are here for you. Um, and we will work that, but in even our classes, I mean, I've had ladies in my Monday and Wednesday morning classes that I've had for 15 years. I've seen them from age maybe 60 to now they're 75 years old. Um, and the comments I get is, you know, Hey, I was holding my grandchild the other day and I was able to get up to the floor while I held her. I didn't have to, you know, push myself up or, you know, things like that or they'll bring me in a wall street time or wall street journal article like hey look at this article you guys you've been doing this with us for years like, yeah i know <laughs> so um it's it's just being consistent i guess um and communicating um but i wouldn't say that there's a whole lot new going on we i have noticed a change a shift from uh, post pandemic and people are um trying to go back to the basics a little bit um a little bit simpler simpler in their goals um we just did a incentive program which we had not done in many years because there just had been a dropped off interest in it um and they the comments that we got from people was like we just love that it this is just simple i you know they just self-reported their workouts and we said you know if you're not here you can do it somewhere else you can just email us or take a picture and send it to us and you know your goal is to work out four times a week for four weeks boom done and they just love that simplicity um, of it. Before we used to do all these challenges and, you know, and they're like, nope, I just want, I just want somebody holding me accountable to do my workouts each week. So. Well, that's a, that's a really interesting point. And I think what's key there, at least to me, is that one, you're listening to folks, you're not putting stuff on people and you're getting feedback and then ad adapting accordingly. Right. And then two, I think 
everybody's got so much other stuff going on that's complicated, right? Even yeah. more so now, you know, we're getting inundated, notifications, whatever. And it's like mm-hmm. um, our, our workouts and our health should be something that is as simple as possible. You know, right. the, these things should should be easy to for us. Right. Um, and they, they wanted kind of a, I don't, these weren't just people that were starting, but maybe they wanted a starting place to for the accountability, right? Like I've kind of been floating around doing things like this, but hey, if you guys will like, account for me working out four times a week and then just give me some options to try new things that that was kind of the the goal of it like work out do what you want to do do something that makes you happy for four weeks and along the way try this see what you think we're here we can show you that interests you let us know you know we can show you more so that's good and it also you know the one of the most effective uh behavior change techniques for physical activity is uh self-monitoring and self-regulation so you're hitting both of those and so i think that's probably um part of the yeah maybe what's driving the the efficacy of folks engaging yeah, and, it, it. and it builds that trust that you know we're not going to overwhelm them like let's say they're just starting up and we're not going to overwhelm them like oh you should do this and this and this like right. no we're here you know yeah. um we're here and you, when you're ready come to us we'll give you a little bit more so, all right, moving to the future, let's look inside of our crystal ball here. Um, <laughs> just broadly, where's health and wellness going uh, for the needs of your clients? What do you think? Uh, I think, I do think the smaller, I mean, we, I think we lost a lot of the, the boutique fitness um, during the pandemic. I do think there's a trend going back to that um, because people, are wanting that reconnection, that more personal connection. So you're seeing the rise of like small Pilates studios. Um, I don't know if the biking studios will make it back after Peloton, but um, you know, the smaller, the bar studios, the smaller intimate settings. And I think our, our uh, um, place here is kind of a combination of like a, a fitness center, but also we have, you know, a group exercise program that's pretty diverse, but you, we still have that connection where we, we learn and we get to know our people and we see them change and we're there to support them and know what's going on in our life. I do see a swing back to kind of the smaller settings. Um, and then in contrast, you have, you know, the bigger just box places where people are, you know, paying their $10 a month and showing up and doing their thing, of course. But I feel like those don't really for very few people, they work in the long run as far as consistency. Um, so again, personal connection, I think, I don't think that will ever really fade away. So it's, it's good. It's excellent. Um, we are going to, we're getting close to the end here, a little long in the two. So we're going to pop on over to rapid fire. I'm going to rapid okay. fire some fun questions at you. Um, and so my, my first one, I, I love to ask everyone this, what is one thing you do every single day that elevates you? <laughs> Caffeine. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did not uh, start drinking coffee till I was about 42 years old. Um, when I had my daughter was a teenager, I discovered, wow, this is, this is, not, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I still love myself to one to two cups a day before 2 PM. Um, good. But no, that, but I was just um, moving, but more specifically getting stronger, both physically and mentally. I like to challenge myself. Um, I think that's from my, my background as an athlete. I like to challenge myself to do things better, whether it's physically or mentally um, every day or, you know, every once in a while. So, and not every once in a while, but consistently, right. Consistently challenge myself. That's the only way you're going to change. So, so. 
It is. Amen. Amen. Uh, best purchase in the last year. So in 2023, best, best purchase for $50 or less. You had $50. What was the best purchase? Uh, so kind of along those lines, uh, 1099 at TJ Maxx, uh, old school planner. Yes. Um, yep. I write, I, you know, get away from it with the phones. I write things down, but they have little sections now where you can write your goals and your, for the month and your long-term goals and your short-term goals and your tasks. And there's little quotes in there and you can reflect and stickers. Like I had a sticker book when I was a kid. I love like just saying, Oh, put a sticker on that. You did that. That was wonderful. You know, like, or I'm going to do this. So it just, it's very, um, it's almost like a meditation, I guess, even though I have everything in my phone, um, to write it down with some thought behind it. Um, I notice is it's just how we centered myself a little bit when I feel uncentered. So mm. yeah. Old school planner. I love it. I love it. And as much as like my, all the technologies want me to like log stuff over there, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I've got an old yeah. school journal that I put, you know, my workouts, my runs, whatever, all of it in there, mm -hmm. things that happened throughout the course of the day. And there is something about that. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Multicolored markers, pencils, stickers. See, that's also fun. The stickers are fun. I need yeah. to add some stickers. Um, all right. Looking back at 2023, any favorite foods, anything that you found yourself eating consistently this past year that's, uh, that has been, uh, has brought you joy? I mean, I am blessed being from California, um, grew up with tacos and Asian food and I, my husband loves to cook and he is part Filipino, part Mexican and had an Italian neighbor growing up. So he can cook pretty much anything. Um, I'm a sous chef. He's the chef and yeah. So tacos, Filipino food, Asian food. Oh, I lived in Japan too. So I love sushi. Yeah. You all, you are. So I, you. When I go visit my kids in California, I, hit all these yeah all those spots <laughs> excellent 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 uh i love a good quote any any first principle quotes from this past year that stick out to you uh i don't know from the past year i would just say i kind of had things that i always you know again back to my planner i'll write these things down um just kind of central to me be kind work hard uh stay humble smile um be loyal and honest um, never stop learning, never stop challenging myself. Um, I have a shirt that says choose joy. Um, and then another one that says breathe. And I just, yeah, all those just kind of speak to me. Um, and what I, what I do throughout my day. So I appreciate those, especially because they're all so active, um, and they're all a choice. Um, and those are things that we can control within ourselves, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Things you can control. That's key. Yep. All right, last one here for me. I'm hoping maybe you've got something for my next run when I'm not really feeling it. 2023 song music recommendations. Any Anything that sticks out? Jeez, uh, so I'm kind of an old fart. I'm going back to uh, standbys. I even I even pulled up like Spotify. I'm like, oh God, what did I like in 2023? But I think in 2023, what stood out to me, um, my two older kids, when we had just first moved here to the East Coast and uh, it was kind of a rough adjustment. I didn't know anybody. I was this new mom. Um, I have always, I always love, um, back to the Dixie Chicks, um, the kind of a California, California rock feel. Um, anyways, my husband bought 
me tickets to go to a concert. And I said, we got to take the kids. My son was young at three at the time. He loved the Dixie Chicks. He knew every CD. He knew the number of every song. He knew the words. Um, so we took them down to D Washington, D.C. to the concert. My son had a little little Tykes toy microphone. He stand there, stood there and sung every word, every song. And everybody around us was just amazed. Um, so in 2023, my kids were 23 and 21. Um, and we, they go to school in Southern California. So we met in Las Vegas and went to a, a chicks concert and it was just so fun. So that uh, stands out to me for 2023. Oh my yeah. goodness. That's a great story. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good one. Oh, yeah. well, that's, that's a, uh, that's a perfect way to end this episode and a perfect way to, to end uh, this year for the show. So, uh, Sue, this has been awesome. I can keep talking to you and so many other things I wanted to dive into, but really, really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and share your story with us. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. As I mentioned, I work for Elevation Health, and we've been in business for 27 years, creating customizable solutions for your fitness and wellness needs. That's right, folks, 27 years. And in our 27 years, we've seen it all. So whatever your needs might be, we got you covered. From fitness management and online training to on-site classes and integrated technology, we help small and large groups alike get healthy and stay engaged. I encourage you to learn more about us at contactelevation.com and to follow us on social media at elevation.health.